Hey there, Hal. Hey, Jenny. What's going on? A lot. <laughs> a lot's going on. Yeah. We got some super cool business tonight, y'all. Welcome, listeners, to Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Tarts. We are recording on August 20th, 2023. If you're listening, it is on or after August 23rd, 2023, season five, episode 30. Sweet. And we have a VIP guest tonight. Yes, we do. Very important person. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of something witty to say and it didn't happen. Y'all know him from Rolling Stone magazine. He's been on our episode before, but we have Andy Green, who is, am I correct, senior writer? Yes, that is. Senior writer from Rolling Stone magazine and massive YouTube fan. Yes, definitely. It's fun to talk to you two all the time. That's what we do. Thank you. Yeah. Andy's last article, two-related article, if I'm correct, in Rolling Stone magazine was pretty much announcing the opening of the sphere. Like that was right when the press release came out, right? Uh, yeah, I spoke. Uh, yeah, I've spoken to The Edge about it twice now, I guess. But for the last one, I interviewed The Edge and then wrote an article that went up the same moment that they announced it. Yeah. But you got to experience the technology of the sphere, even though there probably still isn't finished being built yet. Yeah. And we want to hear about it and give people a taste of what to expect there. Sure. It was kind of a big coincidence. I was in L.A. a few months ago to see Neil Young play at uh, the Light of the Blues Autism Benefit. It was his first show in four years. I'm a big Neil Young fan, too. So I happened to be out there when they emailed me and they go, hey, if if you're in L.A., we're doing a demo of the sphere for some people and, and the media in the afternoon and it was five minutes from my hotel and in this like window of time in which i had nothing to actually do it was just crazy coincidence so i said great i'll drive down there i didn't realize that i thought you just flew out there for it but no, no i don't no, i happen to be there i don't think that they would have flown me out to just yeah. do a demo of the sphere that's a lot of traveling i just i just happened to i just happened to be near burbank that's it was awesome. like oh, it was it was like a one in a thousand chance because I'm rarely out there. Yeah. Right. So this is like the, it's called the big dome, right? Is that what it's called? I forget. Or the little yeah, it's yeah, it's a giant dome. It's a giant dome building. They've been using it to sort of uh, set up all the tech while the while the actual sphere is being built. Yeah. Gosh, I hope it works and <laughs> I hope it trans. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it's going to. Uh, yeah. So it was me and three other journalists. They gave us, we were in a conference room and they showed us a whole little sizzle reel. Uh, and then they took us out and they demoed a bunch of the tech. And, you know, I read about it, about spoken edge about it before this, until you're actually experiencing it. You, know, you can't quite get it, I think. Yeah. I mean, they did one thing. It started where they had, they had, we, the, we were in a, the, we were in like some dark room and they had three spotlights and they told us to go stand in each spotlight and just walk back and forth between them and as they did that it was you that it was i think it was people talking in different languages and you would stand in one spotlight and just hear english and you would hear nothing else then you'd walk five feet away in the other spotlight and you'd just hear french 
And the third one was hunter language. And they could pinpoint sound where you stand in the in these in the spotlight and only hear just one thing of no bleed through of the other at all. It was really remarkable. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. It was, if, you were not was in spot, if you were not in a spotlight, could you hear anything? No. You'd walk in and you'd hear it. It's this company that they've used that perfected this in like in, like in, like in German subway stations where they're broadcasting different kinds of messages to different parts of the, of the subway platform. And it was like wearing headphones, but not wearing headphones. It's kind of the whole idea of Sphere from what I've gathered by talking to people that work there, that uh, it's like VR goggles, but without wearing the goggles. Wow. Yeah. Which is trippy, because I, I think that makes a lot of sense, because in my limited time I've worn VR goggles, I don't like the experience. <laughs> I don't like being in a room and I can't see the room around me. Right. right. You're there's, some, there's, a, there's almost some human instinct where you think somebody is going to approach you from behind and hurt you or something. You can't see anything. It's true. <laughs> it's freaky. Yeah. Uh, and so there's so much investment in VR stuff, but I wonder how easy it'll be to scale that. I think a lot of people are, are going to want to spend all day or even leisure time with those goggles on uh so the spheres do something very different and i you know it was, it was, it was definitely impressive and that was just the first part of it and you got to experience the big video screen too yeah i will the second From thing they did was they, it was they took us one by one and sat us in us in a chair that's going to be the, like, the kind of chair that they're using there and they played, it was just two months ago, I think they played The Fly live, or one song I blocked to maybe, I think it was The Fly. And it was this amazing thing where it was super, you know, it was loud, but it didn't hurt your ears. And it was really, it was like wearing great headphones. But again, but you weren't, you know? Yeah. And uh, in that moment, I could really sense that, you know, because most arena concerts you've been to, when it gets louder, it just hurts your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just didn't do that. It was, it was just clear. And then... They took us to the important part. They took us upstairs, and then there was like there's there was like ten chairs down in a row, and then they turned the thing on, <laughs> and that was a holy shit moment. Because <laughs> uh, they they showed us a bunch of parts of it. There was one part of it where they took us to some. It was video they shot of some ruins in Greece or something, or no, it was in Jordan actually. It was in Jordan, sorry. Uh, and when they turn the thing on, you don't get any sense of the walls or the floor or anything, really. You just feel like you're there almost. It's really trippy. It's so much beyond an IMAX because it's, it's as far away in your field of vision as you can see up and down and just everywhere. And it's like it's a camera they just that just, that's been that's been invented that's just for this. So it's just crisper than, than anything that you've ever seen. And it was bonkers. Then they moved it to underwater, where it's like you were scuba diving. There was like, you know, sharks or whatever. And it was your entire field of vision and just so big. I, you know, I can only describe it as like an IMAX screen, like times 100 or something. Uh, and they did like some cool computer effects stuff or some cool, just it was some cool animation or a song played. And you feel as if you're flying through space or something. <laughs> uh, and 
you know, for the first second, it's really disconcerting. I was kind of freaky, but when you, when you adjust to it, you know, you feel like you're on some roller coaster or something. Uh, and it's, you know, the music was blaring and it's just, just jutting around. You know, it feels kind of like a Disney World ride, but you're still, you're totally still. You're like, it's not some moving, not some moving track or something. You're just in your chair. Uh, and I, it was crazy. It, it really shocked me and I was prepared to really be shocked, but it was super, super impressive. And this was just the demo in a much smaller dome and without the actual U2 like playing like live music in front of me also. So Yeah, I like keep hearing this like read this quote where they say like they can just make the the walls disappear. And it that's like what you're explaining with the it's crazy. Yeah, it's really true. And you know it it cost them two billion dollars when they first thought it would just be one billion. Uh, and there's definitely skeptics out there that think it's going to bankrupt the Dolans, it's going to force them to sell the garden, all this and that. And yeah. that, that could be true, but I think people are going to want to really go there and not see not just concerts, but see movies and stuff, especially shot movies that's just available there. And I think as Vegas becomes less of a gambling destination, because there's casinos everywhere now, you can gamble in downtown Cleveland. Uh, and more of right. an experience an experience destination. I think this will be the top experience. And if they have a couple of regular movies that you can just see there, I think we'll do well. I think the challenge will be to fill it up at night with other bands. There's only so many, there's there's only so many U2s out there, you know. So that's one of our questions. Yeah. Go ahead, Hill. Who else could you see playing there? Well, I was skeptical at first because I'm like, every band that plays here is going to have to create video effects for every song. And that's laborious and expensive. They could play Caesar's Palace, just play their, just play their standard set and make a ton of money also. Right. And they try to convince me that their own team is very hands-on. It can be as immersive or as basic as they want. It can all be put on a single flash drive or something. You know, it doesn't have to be like HD video movies for all 25 songs a band plays a night. Uh, but there was an article in your post that had sources saying that they're having trouble booking big bands. You know, I'm sure they're reaching out to groups like Coldplay and stuff, but I'm sure they want to fill it every night with music. And I, I just don't know. They've announced no other groups. So I, I don't know. It's Maybe. Sort of hard to imagine. People are waiting to um hear how this goes. Yeah, I think the word of mouth is going to be very positive about this. And when people's deals expire at other casinos, like why couldn't Aerosmith do it, you know, a few months here or Rod Stewart or whatever? I guess I guess why not? You know? Yeah. I mean Hillary and I were just brainstorm who else it could be and I'm like the only other big arena type band I've seen was just Taylor Swift and her visuals are friggin' amazing but I don't or like she'd have to play there for years to yeah I think yeah that they got Adele to do a Vegas residency because she didn't want to leave you know her baby for that long and, and go on tour so so she just travels there on the weekends 
But yeah. if you're Taylor Swift or Beyonce or one of the true A plus plus acts, you don't want to do a Vegas residency. It's often for someone like Katy Perry, who's still huge, but but past her peak. And right. Gaga, who's enormous. She's not like she was 10 years ago. So it's more profitable right. to just do a Vegas residency. People are uncomfortable with the word residency with our with our U2 guys. For oh, sure. God, I'm aware of that. They definitely were very clear. Don't put residency in the headline. They were adamant about all that. But to me, it's a distinction without any difference. If a band's playing a bunch of nights at one venue, that's the definition of a residency. I mean, like, Billy Joel has an MSG residence. Like, I don't think, I think if you two had a residency in New York, people wouldn't be as yeah, upset no. about that. I think it's the Vegas yeah, that no matter how much Vegas has changed since Celine Dion did her show, there's still the notion that it's for Donnie and Marie, it's for Steve and Edie, it's for Wayne Newton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, 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 it has end your career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they always used to joke that McFisto was the fly when he went old, when he got old, and he went to Las Vegas. You know. Right. So we are dying to find out what the fly looks like in 2023 because Bono says the fly is coming back yeah um do you have any like visuals in your head of what you think that's going to look like as a fan hopes as a fan, I mean I guess well, those put them back in the leather uh but you know, he will look like McFisto a bit, just how much older he's gotten. It's going to be surreal. It's kind of this, the prophecy has come true. Right. <laughs> that the fly has gone to Las Vegas. So right. It's going to be some weird hybrid of McFisto and the fly and the mirrorball man. I guess it's the third character, right? Yeah. I, I just don't want him to show up in an Elvis suit. <laughs> yeah, I, I he would be okay with that. I It would probably, he would do it very, very well. That worries me more than. But we're really worried about the hair <laughs> going black. But um, I was like, I I think I said something last week to Hillary about, like you know, twenty something year old fly can get away, being sleeky and slimy in his leather suit, but sixty five year old the fly <laughs> is gonna be really sleeky and slimy. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Suit. I think Bono will be aware of that, and I think they'll try okay. and find a way to do it with dignity, where he's not putting on a costume from 30 years ago and trying to act as if he hasn't aged 30 years in that time. You know? Right. Well, I mean, I think he would be, if he was, you know, a slimy old greasy guy in a leather suit, that would be on purpose. That would oh, not, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be him trying to be. Yeah, know. I... I'm super anxious to see it. I've been to every opener since 01 for the most part, but I've always had some idea in my head of what the shape of the show was going to be. But with, with this, I really, I, I know it's Octoon Baby, but that's half the set probably. Uh, I'm really curious. Do you think it'll just be half the set? You think it'll be more? I mean, so what's the album? That's, that's like an hour long. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm imagining a two-hour show. Yeah. Um, so 
but I don't know. Will they do will they do Zeropa stuff? Will it be greatest hits besides Octoon Baby? Uh, do they do Octoon Baby first? Do they do it second? Do they do it in the middle? Do they do it in sequence? You know, I right. I just don't know. I I can imagine a million different ways. Well, they've been doing they've you know been releasing Zeropa stuff for that 30th anniversary, so you may get your numb, Andy. <laughs> That's my dream. My dream is a freaking numb. I would be so happy. Yeah. God, um, I would love. I would love them to do. Dave's gonna pay for your crash car again. That that would really blow my mind. Oh yeah. That would be cool. Just have those dangling day cars on the scene. <laughs> oh yeah. Your sets usually awesome. run about. 23 songs and Octum Baby would be 12. Right. Right. Um, so they have plenty of space to do other things. Well, and it's like when they did the Joshua Tree, they did a little prehistory mm-hmm. before they right. got to do the Joshua Tree. Be interesting yeah. if they did that model. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess my fear. Is it's just gonna be beautiful day and with or without you and pride and New Year's Day and Sunday Bloody Sunday uh, and stuff like that, you know, just the biggest songs. Also, that would be a bummer. That's probably my worst case scenario. I right. agree. I don't want. I don't need to hear those. I kind of would like to hear Streets again, but there's not any. You don't need all of them. I don't need like, all. Yeah, I guess. Their fear may possibly be a decent chunk of the audience is not going to know love is blindness and acrobat and who's going to and who's going to ride your wild horses and all the non-hits and Octoon Baby. So they may worry about sort of yeah. testing their patience with other obscure songs. Right. Except they did bring acrobat back. Also thanks to you. Yeah, just partially <laughs> thanks to me. I'd say very just, just take the credit. Just take the credit, okay. Andy. All right, thank you. Yes, I did. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to opening night? Yes, I, I I will be there on the 29th. Yes. Are you planning on doing more than one show? I might come back in December or something. I see. I I I would love to. I'd love to be there where I can just watch it and not kind of be working. Right. And having to race back to the hotel and do my review and everything. Uh, so I guess I'll see. Man, it's a real schlep out to Vegas, but this is pretty damn cool. So I may come back. It will be there mid to late October for two shows. Oh, nice. Back to back. And then the big question is, are they going to do any more next year, you think? January, February? I really hope not. <laughs> yeah. Why? So they can focus on their, their, on their, their next record and not just kind of be like perpetually in Vegas. Right. Yeah. Like literally get the band back together. <laughs> the band back together. Yeah. I guess the big X factor is whether or not Larry is able to play drums, like even the studio. Right. And if he can't, they may be stuck in a in, in holding pattern. Yeah. So we'll see. I can't believe it's coming up so soon. It was so far away for so long. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really getting there, and it's going to be a, it's a major event. There'll be 
it's going to be wall-to-wall press all across the globe. Yeah, absolutely. And the opening night, I imagine, it's just going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, and I was told that there's only 25 press seats in the entire place. Wow. Is that you 2s decision, or is that... I imagine that the that they have to sell probably like 80% of the venue to the public, or just, just roughly speaking. And for the rest of it, with the number of VIPs and everything that, that they have to put down, there's only so many seats. Right, yeah, that was, yeah. Gosh, well... I guess people be paying their own way <laughs> if they want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that we discussed this last time. The notion, when, what I realized when I was watching the demo, is the notion of good and bad seat is so different at this thing. Yeah. That being really close, you might miss a big part of of the impact. Right, right. Yeah, like being up at the stage. Yeah, and and there's no behind this and and. There's no seats that are behind the stage. It's just this enormous theater-type setup. Right. Which I didn't get until I was in there. I was talking with... I was out in New York the last time for Bono Song of Surrender and was and was talking to someone who has been in this space. And he's like, there's, like, no, like, rail, like, around the stage. He's like, it is smaller than you guys have ever experienced. Wow. Like, the GA is... Yeah. So, if, I mean, I love being up at front, but it sounds like being in the back of GA might be the jam. Yeah, I think ideally you'd see it from a few different areas because I think I think the show will feel very different in different yeah. uh, in different parts of it. I think even the last row on the way back will be a really cool experience. Yeah, it'll be different everywhere. I have tried to do that on tours. I've gone to multiple shows too. I've tried to just do one in the seat. To get yeah. the full experience. And it's, I sit down and I hate that I'm there. And then I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm, I'm also wondering if they're going to do one slot in the night where they have freedom to vary it and play acoustic or something. Yeah. That'd be really cool. They have been saying, I think it was in your piece that Edge said, or he's been saying elsewhere that they're hoping to have a small spot with a little spontaneity. Yeah, because just imagine the power if they turn everything off and just have Bono on the edge in the middle with acoustic, but like just playing a song randomly. It would be it would be so powerful if it just flips completely. Yeah, that would be amazing. Amazing. And maybe that's it'll be interesting interesting to see how much like a songs of surrender versions right come in. And Edge said something like he's not. That's not off the table. Yeah, which would be really exciting to see something very stripped back. Yeah. It's so hard to not know. (laughs) Yeah. I sort of hope that no word, like, leaks out through a dress rehearsal or something. I want to go in really cold if I can. Yeah. I don't know if... I don't know if I'll be able to, waiting a month. Yeah, well, that'll be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Um, plans to speak to Edge anytime soon? Uh, no, actually, I've spoken to him twice about this now. A third would be a bit much. I'm thinking about possibly Willie Williams, at least asking for him beforehand. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that would be a fun interview. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, or just possibly Adam, maybe. I, I love talking to Adam. He's sort of, in my mind, he's the loosest talker. Yeah. 
gosh. I don't know if I have anything else. Do you have anything else? Um, that's all I can think of. It's all on our okay. list. Anything you want to add, Andy, or any other you two related or not <laughs> stuff? I'm really curious to see what's going to happen next year, if there's a new album, uh, if Larry will be able to return, if there's any scenario we can't ever return, right. uh, what's going to happen? I mean, we're, in, we're entering a whole new era here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested in it. I want new songs. It's been, it's been a long time. So. It's been a long time. And apparently they're done or available. I mean, not available, but apparently there is an album out there. They just haven't finished it to release it. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm thinking they won't do this into next year, and next year will actually be forward movement. I yeah. bet that's at least the plan. But it's quite possible that even they don't know if it's going to be with or without Larry. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they don't know. Well, we hope Larry recovering or, you know, doing well health-wise and putting yeah. pot vibes out there for him. Yeah, same here. Do you yeah. have any um, other concerts coming up that you're going to? Oh, yeah. I'm seeing Bruce Springsteen four times next month. And nice. I'm, I'm doing a crazy thing where he's doing three nights at MetLife Stadium, and on Labor Day weekend, when on the one day off between shows two and three, I'm flying to to St. Paul and seeing Pearl Jam, and flying right back to the third show. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Inhaler's opening for Pearl Jam, yeah. Pardon? I think Inhaler is opening for Pearl Jam. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Uh, I'm going to Farm Aid. I'm bummed I'm missing Neil Young. It, at the Roxy with Crazy Horse, but it's just it'll be really hard to pull that off. God, I wish that Pearl Jam show was coming here. I would, I've never seen them. Oh, they're great. I mean, but yeah, and but this tour is rough. It's just in like the middle of the country, and there's yeah. only there's very few shows. Yeah, I think Inhaler's on the the whole few shows. Oh, I I have no idea. Cool. So that'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A little U2 ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Familial. So in Vegas during the Sphere shows. Pearl, uh, who, who does? Taylor. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Actually, I remember that. Yeah. We're like, that's convenient. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They'll have a full house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Andy, for coming back. Okay. Thank you. Of course, of course, it was my pleasure. I'm I'm happy to to be on any time, and <laughs> I will talk to you guys soon and have fun in Vegas. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. I uh, can't wait to read. Oh my gosh, do I read your review or do I wait till after I go? We'll have to find. I'll, I'll see yeah, what I don't know. willpower I have. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about it soon. Oh, okay, great. I will talk to you guys. Soon. Okay, thanks, Andy. Bye. Of course. Bye. That was good. And it's only 7.34. Yeah. I don't think there's any news this week except that Edge, Adam, and Bono were in France at Googie's opening. Did you see um, that article on YouTube Songs, how they're like, it looks like they're like rebranding equipment? Mm-mm. Let me find it. It's from August 9th. 
I'm gonna listen to oh Jackknife Lee was on a um, podcast, Curious Creatures, talking about the Songs of Surrender show. Okay, a recent filing for the use of the name U2 saw U2 extending the range of products that the name is trademarked for. The extension includes equipment for recording or reproduction of sound, high fidelity audio equipment, in-car audio, DVD players, compact discs, and many other similar items. Hmm. Could it be that there's some sound equipment coming our way in the future? Ooh, or is it a preemptive measure to make sure others don't use their name in those areas? Interesting. This was kind of funny. I don't think I've told you this. There was an episode of Auction Kings. Okay. A couple of weeks ago. I mean, that show hasn't been on in 10 years, but it was whatever the rerun was. And um, they had this old typewriter. It was round like a dial. Oh. But yeah. it had buttons. And if you hit the button one way, it's one, you know, letter or number. If you hit it the other way, it's another. Each button had two different symbols on it. Huh. And um, they weren't really in any order. Like, you'd think that they'd go A, B, C, you know, like a clock or something. You would think, yeah. They weren't. And it was made, basically made for people who just needed to type addresses. Huh. Wasn't made for, you know, you didn't use it to write a whole letter or anything. Gotcha. Um, Anyway, the U and the 2 were on the same button. I love that. I thought that was cool. I mean, my dad stopped the DVR so I could be sure about that. <laughs> that's real. I like that's that would make me really. I'd want to buy it. It was <laughs> right. I I kind of there aren't many things on there that I've seen that I would want to buy, but I kind of think that would be one of them. Just you know, it looks like you know a cool thing to have on you know a side table or something. Right. We'll be back next week with more U2ish content. In the meantime, keep chatting with us on social media at the underscore Garden Tarts. Sign up for our newsletter at thegardentarts.com and share with your YouTube friends. You can support us on Patreon, buy me a coffee, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts, a U2ish podcast with the Garden Tarts, is created, produced, and edited by us, the Garden Tarts. Intro and outro music by December. See you next week.